welcome back to The One Where I Met Your Mother, a podcast about friends and how I met your mother. I'm David. I'm Natalie. <laughs> I forgot what I was doing for a second. Well, everything's new. Everything's new. Yeah, we... Uh, we relocated. Yeah, this we talked about this on the last episode, but this is our first episode we're recording in the new, our new home. Yeah, there's. I'm, I feel like it probably sounds a little echoey because there's like nothing on the walls right now. We have a yeah. we have a rug, a rug, thank God, which probably helps. Yeah, but I think like the bare walls in this room because we that's like the last step of moving in for yeah. us and probably for a lot of people is hanging stuff. We've gotten some mirrors and stuff up, but yeah, but it's we've got a lot of stuff to we hang. We need a lot of decor. Yeah, and hopefully <laughs> that'll help. Uh, the echoiness, if it is echoey, I don't know. It sounded okay in the sound check, but I already like feel like. I already Things feel like it's a little echoey. bit like, yeah. Yeah. Well, sorry for the echoiness. Um, this is a, if this is your first episode, this is a weird uh, first one to start with. It doesn't always sound like this, but it might sound like this from, yeah. from now on. Yeah. Who knows? But this is a podcast where we watch an episode of Friends and an episode of How I Met Your Mother every week. And I forgot to say, Natalie, how are you? Um, this week has been exhausting. Last week was exhausting. Moving is hellish. Um. <clears throat> Would not recommend. I mean, logistically, it's hellish. Yeah. But also, there's the fact that, like, you, we both left behind the place that we had lived in longer than any other place, right? E- no. No, because I lived with my parents till I was 18. Does that count? But you didn't move there until you were like four. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you lived in our place 14, 15 years and I lived there 12 years. Yeah. For both of us, the longest single residence either of us has ever had. Yeah. So like, yes, there's the logistical issue of like moving everything and changing your address and packing and unpacking and all that yeah. stuff. But there's also like kind of mourning like a huge chunk of our lives. Well, yeah. It, when we were like cleaning up our former home, yeah. I got like super for Clemp and just like lost it and I was like why is this happening to me oh right like this has been the base of my adult life you know yeah it's the place where our relationship group is the place where we planned our wedding it's a place where we got our dog adopted and lost a dog and got another dog like it's a huge chunk of our lives that we had to but you know maybe let's keep our uh, chin up and move forward right this is a good thing that we've moved this is a good thing and we're yeah incredibly privileged to be able to you know purchase a home in uh, los angeles i think this is the first time i've publicly said that i'm a homeowner now yeah it's weird super weird it's a townhouse i will say yeah we're not we didn't move into a palatial estate yeah we're not next door to drake and calabasas we have a small meager townhouse yeah yeah we still share walls but uh but it's ours and that's exciting it's exciting and yes also very privileged yeah all right. Um, well, okay. We're going to talk about the episode of Friends, episode of How I, Met, How I Met Your Mother. We're on the season three, episode two. Um, season three, episode two of Friends is called The One Where No One's Ready. Is that what it is? No One's Ready. The One Where No One's Ready. Why do I do that? I always think I'm going to remember it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, The One Where No One's Ready. And uh season three episode two of how i mean your mother is called we're not from here but we are going to start with season three episode two of friends yeah. the one where no is no one's ready and i this might end up being kind of a short one because i tend to take my notes based on like scenes but right. this is a one-act yeah. play yeah with the exception of the tag <clears throat> at the end 
everything takes place in one room in real time. Yes, you know? I forgot about the tag at the end, but yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, which means we get a non-park, non-perk opening. We don't see the perk at oh. all the entire episode. Yeah, it's an apartment episode. Yeah. And you knew, like, this is an iconic episode. This is a famous you, episode that I don't think, I'd never seen. I definitely had seen, I had seen the image of Joey wearing all of Chandler's clothes. Right. And the, like, lunges. I yeah. Like, that was the joke I knew from this episode. Yeah. Like, I know that Joey's going to put on all of Chandler's clothes. That's, for some reason, that has come through. But I didn't know uh, all of the uh, other stuff. What I want to uh, talk about is... This is going to get very TV nerdy, if you don't mind. Okay. I'm going to talk about the concept of a bottle episode and what actually qualifies, because I feel like people use the term bottle episode a lot. I think we've had this conversation on the pod. Oh, have we? I think so. Oh, okay. Because I thought this was the first bottle episode that we've had, but I don't think this, I asked by the strictest definition, I don't even think this counts as a bottle episode. I asked if it was a bottle episode. You quickly corrected me and then went into telling me exactly the difference. Well, I'm telling the listeners. Okay. So, okay. Sorry if we had this before, but you know what? I have another podcast that I've been doing for 15 years. I've repeated myself plenty on there too. It, hap- it happens. All right. You know? So... The strictest definition of a bottle episode is very simple. It's only existing cast, only existing location, like uh, sets, you know? So you're not spending any money on guest stars or building new sets. That's the idea is to save money. We we have had this conversation before because I'm remembering saying this now that like um, uh, there's Angel has a bottle episode that's actually jokingly called spin the bottle um it's the i don't know if you remember the one where uh they all a a spell misfires and they all turn into 16 year old versions of themselves yeah yeah that's a true bottle episode because it literally is just the main cast in an existing location this almost qualifies as a bottle episode but it has tom Selleck's voice and then you've got the tag which is an entirely different set and has not only guest stars but or a guest star but extras all over it so not a true bottle episode but who knows what really is i feel like they're they're very rare actual bottle episodes uh fly the episode of breaking bad where uh they're cleaning out the they're trying to catch the fly when they're cleaning the lab yeah that's a true bottle episode it's just the two of them in the existing set anyway so i just wanted to address the bottle episode thing but you're right as soon as i started talking i was like we've talked about this before if anyone wants it mansplained again to them just let us know so i'm just kidding (laughs) <laughs> okay. Because <laughs> um, I, okay. I don't think that's mansplaining, but I like, know. am I going to start mansplaining what mansplaining yes, is? Yes, <laughs> that's where we're headed. That's the joke. No, okay, good. All right. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's, so it's hard to like break this episode down into scenes because it, l- it really is all one scene in many ways. Right. I mean, it has and plot structure and yeah. yeah. There, I mean, I guess there are multiple plots. Yeah, it has, it, it, I did. That's is kind of how I broke it down. But we get. The um, uh, I really liked how the cold open, which often, as we talked about like last week, when they like come into the perk and there's people already in their seat, yeah. and that cold open exists completely outside of the rest right. of the episode. But here, the cold open actually ends up playing a huge part. Yeah, where they're uh, uh, Joey's looking for something to drink in Monica and Rachel's fridge, and he finds a glass of what he thinks is cider, and he sips it, and it turns out it's it's fat. It's like chicken fat. It's um, I don't know. Is that yeah, it's chicken fat. Is that schmaltz? But or is it schmaltz is when it's cooked down? No, it's schmaltz. Okay, I didn't know if it was schmaltz, schmaltz in liquid form. I thought of schmaltz as more of like a 
paste. It doesn't matter. Okay. Because you can change the form of it, but it still right. remains schmaltz. Okay. So, so he takes a drink of, of schmaltz. A, a weird container for schmaltz, I would think. Right? Because, like. But I, go ahead. You. I guess you would like heat it up. Like, I guess you pour it on something and then. Yeah, I would think. I would. My guess is that Monica had an immediate like plan for it. I'm sure she did, but that's why I feel like she's a professional chef. She should have like a better container. Yeah. Yeah. I've just like an open, like it's open to bacteria. It's open to someone confusing it. She knows that a bunch of bozos come in and out (laughs) of her home all the time and help themselves to, you know, everything in her kitchen. So she would know better, but I guess she has a lot on her mind as we'll, Yes. Talk more about. Yeah. Apparently a lot of people who work in, in kitchens take home those like one pint, uh, takeout containers. Like you mm-hmm. would get like soup from it, like wonton soup or yeah. something in. Apparently those are very useful. And that seems like the kind of thing you could keep some schmaltz in. Of course. Um, also props to the props department up top because that schmaltz really did look like a cup of fat. Like it was layered. Yeah. Yeah. It had like the oil layer and like the yeah. uh, solid, the fat solid layer. You're right. So um, I wonder how they did that. But is it, you, you and I had a different, because I was like, oh, it makes sense that Monica would have fat, some chicken yeah. fat in her fridge. But yeah. you point out also Monica is Monica and would probably at least Oh, that's have my like, fat mat, you know. Yeah, or, or would like, I'm picturing maybe like cheesecloth with a rubber band over it or something. Something, and Some, like yeah. labeled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's hard, to, it's hard to break everything down. But here's kind of how you break down and this is in no particular order at all, as you'll see, because some of these are more important than others, but breaking down all of the storylines, um, Ross's whole storyline is that he wants, he has some sort of paleontologist awards dinner, like museum benefit that he's speaking at. I'm glad you wrote that down because I forgot to write it down. So Ross is the one who's trying to get everyone out the door because he wants to be, he's got, it's a black tie event. He's got a table right in front. It's going to be super obvious and awkward if they come in late. Yeah. I'm, I'm team Ross when it Me comes too. to punctuality here. Me too. <clears throat> so his, that's his story. In order of importance, the other stories are Phoebe is the only one who is actually ready on time until Joey and Chandler's bozonist, to use your word, yeah. gets, her, gets hummus all over her dress. And so she has to find something else to wear from Monica and Rachel's closets. Um... um Rachel's storyline is that she's taking forever to pick out what to wear, which is driving Ross crazy. But like, I feel like even though this isn't, um, uh, articulated necessarily specifically in the episode, this isn't Rachel being like flighty or superficial. I feel like this is like, I feel like the reason she's taking so long to get ready is because she recognizes how important this is to Ross and wants to dress for the occasion and wants to, yes. So, um, I liked that. Meanwhile, um, I can't remember why they're checking voice messages, but there's a voice message from Richard, Tom Selleck that, uh, uh, and Monica can't decide if it's new or old and is trying to like figure out how she can like find out from Richard if it's new or old without like seeming desperate herself. And yeah. so there's a whole like, game with the voicemails talk. Yeah. So she thought maybe, you know, if he called me, it must be something urgent. And of course she's still, you know, sad about the breakup. She still has a lot of feelings. So what do you think? Was it new or old? I think it was old. I think it was old too. Cause he seemed not at all. 
it didn't sound like the voice of a man who was like calling his recent ex-girlfriend yeah <laughs> like it just seemed like hey it's richard it was very call back. yeah it was breezy to be breezy to use the word used yeah. in the episode yeah um <laughs> joey and chandler's very dumb yeah uh storyline is uh fighting over who gets to sit in the big the comfy chair. like yeah. armchair which they both need to be getting ready right but joey was or chandler was in the armchair he went to use the bathroom he came back and joey was in the armchair eating chips and hummus it was a like a pissing contest basically. <laughs> yeah essentially yeah um uh so i think we've covered all like the main sort of points of of of, of conflict some of them are obviously bigger than others the big one is to me is is Ross and the way uh, uh speaking of repeating myself on this podcast I've said many times I don't like Ross the character I think David Schwimmer is great yes yeah and the way that he goes from being like the frustrated comic relief to turning on Rachel and yelling at her and humiliating her in front of her friends is very natural and believable and like made me physically uncomfortable in, in the moment. Yeah. I thought it was a great bit of performance from him. Yeah. But you can also understand where he's coming from a little bit because I was so frustrated too. And this is an example of them being bad friends. I like when they're, I feel like when they are good friends towards each other, it's like notable because I feel like so often they're like antagonistic of one another. And I feel like this episode, like Ross is your best friend. He's nervous about this like big deal event. Like it's something that's like very meaningful to him. All he asks is that you be ready at this time. He's getting the cabs, you know, and none of them are taking it seriously. And they're all just like fucking around. And I would be like really pissed. Yes. But I think he, I still don't, I think he was mean to Rachel. He was mean, but it was like a a confluence of, you know, um, is that the right word? Yeah. 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 Uh, other things I, um, noted in the episode, it's funny how, cause at one point, uh, Monica <laughs> calls Richard's daughter. So the premise is she's listening. She has the code to check Richard's messages. So already, if you're like a Gen Z, you're watching this, you're like, what? what? What's it? Yeah. <laughs> like, like, cause I, even, I don't like, I never, I, I, of course, had an answering machine as early as, like, my sophomore year of college. I had an answering machine. Because yeah. it wasn't until my junior year of college, I think, that I got rid of my landline. So I had an answering machine as recently as, you know, 2002. But even then, this thing of being able to call from another phone and check your voice messages, I don't... I, ne- I never knew how that worked, and I never oh, did that. I do that currently with my work, my office line. I can call it in and t- type in a code and get my messages at work. Huh. Sounds like your office needs to catch up to mine. If someone leaves me a voicemail on my office phone, a uh, like yeah. file, a wave I, file gets emailed to me, and I can listen to it wherever I am. I work for the government. We don't get water. <laughs> we don't get anything. I have to um, join a water club to get water. Yeah, no water club will have me. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. You can't get water in your office unless you're part of the water club, but the water club it's is booked up and there's a waiting, waiting list. list and you've been there like five, six years. Well, different offices, but yeah, okay. yeah. I guess I could have, if I had the initiative, I could have started my own water club and like got people into it. But like, who has time for that? Is the waiting list public? No, it's like, 
Because I'm saying you could like find out who's on the waiting list and say, hey, let's start our own water. But it's like clicky because it's like, oh, in my row, we have sparklets and oh, we have Arrowhead. (laughs) Oh, we don't use that. You know, like, so it's very political. Yeah. All right. So I got uh, better perks at my job, but I have far less job security. Yeah. And, and, uh, you're a strong union. Yeah. I'm not in, I'm not in union strong SEIU 721. Ooh, go, uh, do, do, do you need to have mascots? Like, no. Okay. They should go warthogs or whatever. Um, okay. So that's already like one thing to, to, to get over that. Like Monica can call Richard's voicemail and check because she has his password or yeah. can check his voicemail. So she hears a voicemail from another woman. She's like, is he seeing someone else? Or maybe that's his daughter. So he's gonna, she's gonna like call his daughter to try and like confirm that's her voice. She does call the daughter. It's clearly her voice. Yeah. They, they both in both the voice message and when she answers the phone, Monica Ola. calls, she answers, she starts with Ola. So that's how you tell. But so as soon as like Monica hears Michelle is her name, Bridget's daughter. Here's Michelle's voice, which there you go. That's another, uh, guest star. This episode had voice only guest star. Um, as soon as she hears Michelle's voice, she hangs up. But then Michelle, like star 69 or whatever. Yeah. And Phoebe says something like, she must have that caller ID thing. Yeah. So the idea that caller ID was new, yeah. which I remember when it was yeah. like the idea, it was revolutionary to me. Oh yeah. The idea, and I'm not going to name any names cause I don't know who listens to this podcast, but there are definitely like extended family members where I'd be like, that's, that's not for me. And I don't care to talk and right. I don't care to answer. Right. And then like star 69 and star 67. Uh, yeah, wait, what was star 67? 67, you could block your number. Oh, okay. So star 69 was to call back the last number that called you, yes. which actually just showed up in a, um, a Sopranos episode you and I were just watching. Um, uh, doesn't, uh, I think Tony calls Dr. Melfi. This is like when she, oh, like in the period yeah. between yeah, yeah. before he goes back to her, like so it was like late season four, early season five, he calls her and then hangs up when he hears her voice. And then she tries to start 69 and then it's blocked. Yeah. But, uh, but of course, uh, everyone knows the, um, REM song, right? Uh, uh-uh. Oh, well, cause it's off of monster, which is like late. one of their lesser right. albums, yeah. but it's like, I know you called, I know you called, I know you hung up my line. Star 69. Huh, I don't you remember that, that song? Uh-uh. Oh, it's an R.E.M. song from 95, I guess. I remember that 96. album, but I guess that song didn't. I remember that album because, do you remember the CD case? Uh, there was like a lion. Right. The cover, but the yeah. case itself, you know, I mean, you know, uh, most things came in the same like yeah. interchangeable, like clear plastic cases yeah. this was an orange case the entire orange, thing was yeah. orange yep, yep. and that was yeah I, I liked when there would be something new or, or yeah. special there'd be like a a sleeve you know yeah or when you'd have instead of a case like the digipack you know the cardboard like uh sometimes there were like stickers or like a, a map yeah yeah i remember the um uh, okay, we just write and reminisce about '90s uh, CD releases, but uh, Sonic Youth's um, "Experimental Jet Set Trash and No Stars" is that what mm-hmm, it's called? Mm-hmm. Um, it didn't have a booklet; it just had a series of sheets, and you could like whichever one you wanted to be the cover could be it, the cover. Yeah, that's very smart. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. That was fun. Choose your own adventure. Choose your own album cover. Yeah, yeah. Um, which kind of like to get into Blu-ray Shout Factory when they put something out. 
they do a fun thing with the Blu-ray like art, which is they like commission a new work of art, you know, that's really cool looking. But then on the inside of that, they will reprint like the, a version of the art that's like the original like one sheet from when the movie was out in theaters. So you can choose, you know, if you've got killer clowns from outer space or whatever, like mm-hmm. do I want the cool, like new killer clowns art that they made? Or do I want the retro original one sheet as my, you can do that with like all pretty much all shot factory releases. That's a cool thing they do. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad that I'm finding, uh, blind alleys to go down and digressions. Cause I don't have that much more to say about this, uh, this episode. Um, to get to the the whole thing with uh joey and chandler is um uh when chandler goes to or joey goes to get dressed i we're in season three and i still can't keep them straight when joey goes to get dressed and chandler's like how i'm gonna get the chair back joey takes the cushions with him so so chandler at some point i'm trying i don't know i don't know when this would have happened um Chandler goes into the apartment and steals all of Joey's underwear. Mm-hmm. We never see that happen. And it like logistically, I can't figure out if Joey was going to change. Wouldn't he be where his underwear is? How would Chandler have access to his underwear? I didn't understand when Chandler he did this Goes into his room, but we've established that Joey's changing. So where is Joey? Did he wait for Joey to go to the bathroom? I guess. Yeah. Maybe. And then go in anyway. And we also didn't see it happen. It could have been during, during a commercial break, whatever. It's not important. It's just something that, I noted. So, um, uh, then th- th- this was funny cause, uh, so he Chandler steals all of Joey's underwear <laughs> and then Joey says something like, you're going to steal my clothes. I'm going to do the opposite. <laughs> and I literally thought to myself, is he going to show him his clothes? And, <laughs> and Chandler said, says, what are you going to show me my clothes? Yeah. And so I was on the same page as the friends writers <laughs> in yeah. that, and in that's that a moment. Very funny joke. Um, uh, but no, no, instead he comes, he puts on all of every article of clothing that, that, uh, that Chandler owns, which, yeah, there's some, this episode is in real time. There's definitely some costume changes that would have taken longer than they would take in the 22 minutes or whatever. That's not important. Um, and then, jo- and then Joey's like, could I be wearing any more clothes? Yeah. Maybe if I weren't going commando, better yeah. not do any lunges, which I thought to myself, okay, well, there's only one article of clothing that's actually affected by the lunges, right? Right. You know, you didn't think that? <laughs> no, I did. Yeah, I did. Like Joey just, I mean, he probably should wash everything, but there's only one thing he really needs to wash. But he was like making a point to like be like getting sweaty and everything. Yeah. Cause you he's know? wearing sweaty clothes. Yeah. Um, and, uh, then on their, on their way out, <laughs> uh, Monica attempts to erase the message she left and leave a new one and accidentally changes Richard's outgoing message oh to her apology message in which she says something like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting my period, which is like just to make it the most embarrassing yeah. uh, outgoing message possible. And then they have to, to, to leave. Uh, there's a funny, I don't think it's funny enough to be at anyone's funniest moment, but Monica is like, maybe I can call the phone company and they'll erase it or they'll even change his phone number. And TV is like, he might do that on his own at this point. Yeah. But she does that classic, like, I don't know if she's done that, like primal scream of like, no, but like that'll come up again for Monica. Yeah. Okay. Good to know. If something terrible happens, that's irreversible. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then there's a tag at the end where they're at the benefit and some, I guess, well-regarded paleontologist sits down to have a chat with 
Ross and Chandler comes back from the bar and says that you're in my chair. Same thing. Yeah. And the cycle begins anew. Yeah. So do you have any other stray observations before we move on to uh, funniest moments? No, let's move on. Oh, I was hoping you had stray observations because I need oh. to take a drink of water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there were some things that I think we'll talk about in the funniest that aren't necessarily the funniest, but there was a lot of obviously like Seinfeld type humor. This was very like the Chinese restaurant episode and yeah. little things like that's the essence. You're taking away the essence. Yes. Like the couch, yes. the chair's essence or the cushions. The, cu- the cushions are the essence. You took my essence. Yeah. That's very Seinfeld. Yeah. Also, or when Joey says, Oh, were you going to say it? I was going to say, um, uh, saying breezy negates the breezy. The yep. breezy is like, that's very, that's very, very Costanza. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, I'm glad you pointed that Speaking out. Speaking of Seinfeld, obviously, like, Commando in another man's uh, <laughs> uh, fatigues, right? Because Kramer famously is out there and loving every minute of it. Yeah, yeah. And uh, what, there's nothing between me and between us and him but a thin layer of gabardine or yeah. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so this was very, very Seinfeld heavy. Um, all right, let's move on to funniest moments. I've got a, a, a bunch of them. Um, it was a funny funny episode uh so i'm gonna start with um rachel comes out with her first outfit choice and says something like does this look like something the girlfriend of a paleontologist would wear and yeah. phoebe says i don't know you might be the first one yeah i wrote that down too <laughs> um right like right up top joey's delivery after drinking the fat for the first time yep that's fat <laughs> well speaking of joey um, he loves the robot voice on Richard's oh, answer machine. Yeah. He says, because it's like, um, <laughs> you have two new, he's like, what a cool job. You have two new messages. Please pass please, the pie. Please pass the pie. <laughs> yeah. I wrote that down. You, who says, please pass the pies plural. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds like, the things that the places that Joey's mind goes, yeah. like what did he say? <laughs> um, this is going back to season one when we find out that he uses the word supposedly and his yeah. like example. Yeah. What was it? Oh, I don't remember. Oh, it was, it was, did they go to the cafe? Supposedly they did. <laughs> or something like yeah. That. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Joey was very funny in it. Yeah. Uh, you have any more? Nope. You, go, oh, okay. you stole all mine. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, well, you all, we also discussed like the exact opposite. What you're going to show me? my <laughs> yeah, yeah. I did steal all of yours. Um, Phoebe also killed it this episode. Yeah. <laughs> when, when Michelle caller IDs or star 69s <laughs> and she answers the phone, like very calmly, like Monica and Rachel's place. Oh, sure. I'll get her. And ew, ew, ew. <laughs> yeah. She, and she like puts her finger, just one finger over the mic on the phone. And it's like, Ooh, ooh, ooh. yeah, it's, it's Michelle. Yeah. Uh, that was funny. And then I'm surprised you didn't have this. <laughs> Cause this made me laugh so hard. There's a part where Rachel decides after Ross yells at her, she decides she's not going to go. So she comes out in like her sweats and a Nick's uh, sweatshirt and a little like box of stationery. Yeah. And she says, I'm not going to go. I think I'm going to catch up on my correspondence. Yeah. And then she's like <laughs> flipping through her address book, like yeah. casually. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was very funny. <laughs> that was more of like a physical but I think the the phrase I'm going to catch up with my yeah. correspondence, like it's Jane Austen, yeah. you know, that's very funny. Yeah. Um, 
Uh, hold on. Okay. Uh, let's move on then to friends, but make it fashion. So many options here. Um, I'll start with the very end. I didn't catch his name, but the paleontologist who comes up has a very fetching, like he's like white tie or he's got the white, uh, white tuxedo Uh over white shirt. But then he's got a, uh, bow tie that has like a fun pattern and a matching pocket square. Hmm. Yeah. I never notice men's fashion unless Marshall's wearing it. Um, what do you got? So I had also an overlap with funniest is Phoebe's decision to, instead of change out of the stained dress is to put a giant Christmas ribbon on top of it. Yeah. And everyone is like appalled by it. But she's like, Oh, it's like, fine. I guess I'll be political. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so that was my favorite. Uh, well, I liked Phoebe's dress in general, her, her yellow, yellow dress. Yeah. Uh, cause it's a funny, cause she's the first one other than Ross, she's the first one to be ready. So everyone keeps telling her how nice she looks, but she does. It's a nice, like yeah. long, like, is that a maxi dress? It's a maxi dress. Maxi and- dress. And she had, um, a cool like necklace with a giant like flower. Yeah. I didn't love the necklace, but I, I like it. I thought it worked. Um, what else do you have? Um, the bow is really all I have. Um, obviously Rachel looked great in the final scene where she like chooses like a floor length, like mint. Um, I wrote user at mint. I wrote lime sherbet. <laughs> it was definitely mint. Like, okay. um, but it was very, very, very like form fitting and beautiful. And then she makes the joke to Ross. Like she's also going commando. And then he yeah, like cute. jokes, like maybe we can be late. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I also had that, but I guess I, it, it, you're right. It is definitely the color mint, but something about the fabric being, it felt like more, a more tactile fabric, you know? Um, that was my phone. Yeah. Um, made me think of something like Sherbert. Huh. <laughs> uh, all right. I have Mo- Monica's final outfit. I normally try to know like the names of different cuts, but what do you call that thing when the dr- a dress has like a co- like a almost like a turtleneck type collar, but then it has no shoulders and it just comes like what do you call that kind of collar? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I don't know what that's called. But um, it's not a cold shoulder. <laughs> I don't know, but it, it's got a full like yeah all the way around her neck collar and then um, yeah, I don't know what that's called, like a yoke. Yolk collar? I don't, I don't know. It reminded me of, I'm going to see if I can find it real quick to show you. It's um, not like a halter. No, does that, that means it like doesn't come all the way down, no. right? This is the opposite. Halter goes, goes up, but like with strings. Oh, okay. But no like sleeve sleeve. Halter is like yeah. strings around your neck. I'm trying to find, um, I'm trying to <laughs> Google image search here. What are you laughing about? Um, when I lived in San Francisco with, some girlfriends we had halter top tuesdays <laughs> where on tuesdays we wore halter tops um i can't believe there's no image of this online i'm trying to find the dress that meg ryan wears at the end of in the cut because it's it's iconic to me okay um but I, I i can only find stuff when she's like in uh okay well, here's the dress from the very end of In the Cut when it, she already has blood all over it. But so picture that without blood. It's halter. That's halter? Yeah. Okay. 
But it, I, I guess it's like a halter top Tuesday dress, right? But I like you're focusing on a different part than I am. But there's different variations. Of so it. I'm, but I'm saying, what is that collar called when it goes all the way around the neck like that? Yeah, yes, that's a halter top. But it's still, I know halter. it's still halter top. I'm saying, is there also a name? Is it a halter top with a blank collar, a turtleneck collar? That's what I'm trying to figure listeners, out. Listeners, let us know. Yes, definitely. You know this is for the listeners. And yeah, if you can picture, if you can't find this episode, watch Jane Campion's In the Cut. It's a great fucking movie. <laughs> definitely watch the non-theatrical version, uh, the unrated version, and uh, tell me what you call the dress that Meg Ryan wears at the end. Can you make, like, for the um, the photo for this episode, can you make it like a still of her outfit? Oh, I will try to remember to do that. I think... Um, because I try and switch off back and forth, so I think we're on. I was going to use a "How I Met Your Mother" photo this time, okay? Because I used friends last week, okay? Um, but maybe in the like below the break, uh, when you click on the post at battleshipretention.com, maybe you can see a picture of the okay. of the halter top. If I remember to now, do I that. found a neckline cheat sheet. Oh, oh, this is so much fun! Scoop strapless boat button down crew ballet. It's not here. No, okay. Um, listeners, this is your, this is absolutely a call to action. action. This isn't just us like fishing for engagement. I honestly want to know what to call this kind of collar. Yeah. Uh, all right. Do we have anything else? Uh, yeah, you might, you already mentioned Rachel's dress. I mentioned the bow tie and Ross looks great at his tux too. Um, it was funny that Monica said like, are you planning on doing magic or something? <laughs> but yeah. I thought he looked great. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other make it fashion moments or should nope. we move on to, okay. So running jokes, motifs, foreshadowing. There's definitely like, uh, ooh, gay type of stuff. Yes, when, when Chandler sits on Joey. Yeah, and then Joey like implies that he's going to get an erection or something. Yeah. And, and Chandler jumps up. Um, there's also uh, that very 90s like pop culture musing, you know, when, when uh, oh, the Cosmo. Chandler... No, I was talking about Chandler talking about Donald Duck. How oh. Donald Duck never wears pants, but he still wraps a towel on himself when he gets out of the shower. Right. Like, I feel like that stuff is all very... Yeah. Dated now. But Chandler doing like a Cosmo quiz in the bathroom. Yeah. What, what was it? it? What did he say? That he... Like something about like. Um, yeah, I can't remember what it was. Yeah. Like being like man crazy or something. <laughs> um, there's also like a brief out phobia thrown in with like this dress makes, 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 makes that. Yeah. And yep. then Ross is saying like, I don't care if you're calves are fat or yeah. your ears are fat or your nose is what like just just tons of like insulting body shaming uh, yeah yeah rant yep and then uh, uh joey says could i be wearing any more clothes mm-hmm. that's a fun one mm-hmm. do you have anything else you wanted to point out or should we take a quick break um Oh, didn't someone, <laughs> one, of, one of the dudes got like horned up when there was like a fight. Oh yeah. Like, uh, Chandler, Chandler says something is like, is it strange that, that, that I'm turned on by aroused? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, which is foreshadowing as we've talked about Yeah, that at this point I know that Chandler and Monica end yeah. up together. There's been enough. So Monica and Phoebe are fighting over the phone and Chandler. Right. Becomes aroused. Gross. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a quick break. Okay. This episode is brought to you in part by Noom. Forget one-size-fits-all diets. With Noom, you get a personalized weight loss plan that's tailored to your lifestyle. No food is off-limits. Enjoy your favorites while discovering healthier habits. Noom's users love the flexible approach, 
blending psychology and biology to help you lose weight in a way that's sustainable for you. And great news for foodies. Noom just released the Noom Kitchen Cookbook with 100 delicious, healthy recipes. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. Grab your copy of The Noom Kitchen wherever books are sold. And we're back. Uh, we're back to talk about season three, episode two of How I Met Your Mother, which is called We're Not From Here. And Natalie, take it away. Okay. We get so, a McLaren's opening. Sorry. Take it away. Yeah. We get a McLaren's opening, and this is um, the first time we're all together after Marshall and Lily are married. They're talking about married life. And Marshall starts out by saying, like, his um, his wrist hurts. Like, he has, like, carpal tunnel and they make a joke like oh once you're married you're not supposed to jack off anymore or something yes there's a joke about that and it was like no because he's like filling out so many forms so they talk about their death folder so which we don't have one of those introduced to this concept i mean we need to do like some sort of like will i think we've been saying that on this podcast i've told you before you are on my life insurance so you're set if i die if you die I'm screwed. I think you're on my life insurance. I think you should double check. That. Yeah. Anyway, this Can't is imagine what else I would have put. I don't think you put anyone. You have to like go into your. Yeah. I'm sure I did the first time I got these benefits that I have. My current employment started early 2020, right before the pandemic. So late 2019 when I was hired. I, don't I would remember. have filled it out. You would have had to have a but conversation also, with my employers. I'm going to be changing employers again. So this fall I will have right, a chance right, to start right, from right. scratch anyway. Right. So, uh, um, but yeah, yeah, something to think about. Um, so their death letters are letters to open upon the death of the other. And it's yeah. like kind of sad and emotional. And I don't think a lot of people do these things, but maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Um, I feel like, when you see the loss of a loved one, there's like lots of like photos and like videos. But yeah, I don't know a lot of letters written. Anyway, um, so they have death folders. Um, and then we move on to Robin's little storyline and we get a flashback of her in Argentina and she's kind of like in this like surfer commune with like bongos and uh, nudity and free love and um, she has um, inappropriate braids (laughs) (laughs) culturally insensitive but Um, yeah I mean yeah I mean you're taking my uh, make it fashion moment but yeah Yeah, Robin has like white girl on vacation braids yes yeah um, and then of course, don't act like you didn't do that. I did one as a child at Venice beach. My sister and I would get <laughs> hair, like a single strand of like hair wrapped. Yeah. Um, and it would go like very long and it'd be multicolors and it'd have beads on the end. So I never did like the full cornrows from a cruise that girls get I'd, in Bahamas. I've been on, I've, well, I've been on two cruises in my life. Yeah. One with you, but earlier than that. Yeah. I definitely went on one to the Caribbean yeah. and like after the first, what do they call it? Like day excursion day, right? Yeah. You call it like, uh, 30%. Yeah. At least 30% of, of women came back. The girls and women came back with just yeah. full braids. Yeah. 
No, I had one. Um, I'm not saying it was um, not appropriative, but uh, I didn't do the full. Yeah. Robin. Um, So Gael's with her and he is uh, confused by their, like they are purposefully like trying to confuse him with language. Which is upsetting. Yeah, see, this is a uh, you're turning around me because I stole your funniest moments. Oh, okay. You used to just stole one of my favorite funniest moments when they're like talking to Robin about Guile, and then he comes to the table and they're like switch to big words, and they start using like yeah. multi-syllabic words, you know, saying paramour instead of boyfriend, yeah. and like, and then he's like, "You guys talking about baseball?" <laughs> yeah, and Barney says, "Like, mark my words, this will masticate you on the gluteus." Or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I like that. So they're trying to confuse the foreigner, which is on brand for these <laughs> these people. Yeah. Um, and then we get a scene where Marshall... Um, so Marshall lies about writing the death letter to Lily. So he feels really bad about it. And he is at the apartment, and then he starts writing it. And there's like a funny little um, image of him as like an angel <laughs> dedicating this like heartfelt letter. And then he sneaks a look at hers and hers is just like stuff to do like non like just like a series yeah. of bank accounts and there's no emotion there's no letter but i like that they still have the image of her like standing on a cloud like in a sweet word in a sweet voice saying like atm pin you, yeah. five four five nine yeah yeah <laughs> cancel, um, cancel subscription <laughs> l <laughs> um yeah that was very funny um and then we get Robin and Lily at McLaren's together and they're talking about Gael and she's kind of, uh, Robin's kind of like comparing how, like what an amazing, like sensual experience she had in Argentina with Gael. And when it compares to her like modern life, it's like not as great. Like when he fed her like fruit there, it was wonderful. But then he tries to like feed her spaghetti on her couch yeah. or he tries to like, throw her computer off her desk and like, you know, have, you know, passionate love, you know, and she's like, Oh, laptop, laptop. Laptop. (laughs) So it doesn't translate. Um, and she's kind of like, she wants to revert back to her like free spirited vacation self. Yeah. So they're two like, um, in combat, I guess. Yeah. Um, so Robin, or no, I'm sorry, uh, Marshall and Lily are fighting about the note because she's upset that he opened the letter. So yeah. they like joke that they're having their first fight as a married couple, which is cute. They like take a time out from the fight yeah. to hug, yeah. which is kind of like a throwback because they've, when they, at the end of season one, they were breaking up, you know, yeah. they established that they had these like the ability to time out because they were like arguing for so long about her going to San Francisco that they got hungry and they took a time out to like eat Chinese food and then went back to fighting. Yeah. So like this is a, an established thing with them. I think more people should do that. Like, because the fight's going to get worse if you're like not drinking water or if you're hungry or, you know, like we'll have a more constructive argument that's more thoughtful of the other person. If like all of your other needs are satiated. Yeah. But that's like, it's one thing to say that yeah. 
Because it's like saying like, I'm only going to have two drinks tonight. Yeah. But like once you've had two drinks, you start to be like, I can have another yeah. drink. If like during an argument we had, I said, mm, can I go, like go to the kitchen and like make a sandwich? You'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with yeah. you? Um, okay. So I don't know how Ted and Barney come up with the idea to pretend to be tourists. Oh, because they see all the women in McLarens are immediately oh, drawn to Gael. Yes. They're obsessed with Gael because of his accent. And of course they're like white bros that can't handle like any sort of accent or any sort of like cultural differences. They're just jealous. They're just jealous. Yeah. yeah. Um, so then, yeah, then they decide to pretend to be um, New York, like tourists in New York for the first time. And it works. Um, they meet some girls uh-huh. and they're pretending to be um, from small towns in Missouri, in Missouri, which is where I'm from. Yeah. Although I'm from the part that calls it Missouri. Yeah. But uh, yeah, there is. I think I can't remember if we talked about this on the podcast before, but there's during the Simpsons episode that was like a like a Huck Finn, like Mark Twain thing. Yes. And like Bart and Nelson, like run away from home and they're like taking a raft down the Mississippi. Yeah. And they pass a sign that says like now leaving Missouri. Yeah. Now entering Missouri. Missouri. That's so true. Like you get, you get closer to Arkansas and it suddenly becomes Missouri. But at first they say like, we're from a small town of South, (laughs) South of France. So they're like all over the place, but they're counting on these um, girls being kind of like gullible, which they are. Um, so these girls, <laughs> I like the little jab of like, they recommend like, oh, what's this? Maclarins? Because they're in front of the bar and they're yeah. like, oh, that bar is so lame, which I love. I love like taking them down a notch. Like yeah. it's a lame bar. You are lame people. But what I'm, my argument here though, is that you don't want your local regular hangout to be too cool a bar. Yeah. You want it to be kind of lame. Yeah. Because you're not like, the cool bars are for like, going out yeah but i think the it bar was where like, you just go for a drink should course. be kind of lame like i mean of you and i no longer have a regular watering hole because our watering hole during the pandemic became like a pure MAGA. like anti yeah, yeah maga anti-vax anti-mask thing yeah. so we haven't been back there since before the pandemic so we yeah. need to find it but that place was lame but in a great way yeah like yeah. it was very basic yeah and that's what we loved about it. So I feel like we like I still the defend them. Unassuming, non-pretentious bar. And I feel like that that's what McLaren's is. And so for the purposes that they use McLaren's yeah. for, it's just like a public living room. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. works. Yeah. Um, so these girls take them to Tater Skins. <laughs> um, and they say... The like, finest of their 57... 57- East Coast locations. Yeah, which we didn't see it, so I couldn't give props, but I was hoping to see some taters. We uh, saw, like, a, a basket with, like, yeah. uh, paper, you know? Yeah. But we didn't see any taters. Um, and then they were, like, jazz because this is, like, the easiest, cheapest date, and we found, like, the lamest New Yorkers <laughs> that we could find. Um, meanwhile, we go back to Robin, and her apartment is full of, like, travelers that Gael invited over. Yeah. There's an unfortunate scene where like she's in the shower and some like random dude is like peeing while she's taking a shower. And, um, I think they're supposed to be Australian. Okay. But I I don't know if that's, it's just when she finally kicks them out, 
which yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself here, the way she kicks them out. But Well, she gives them they, first GFHL, yeah. which is Guidelines for Harmonious Living, <laughs> and she recites the whole, like, her whole spiel, and none of them are listening. They yeah. don't hear her over, like, the bongos or the soccer match. Um, yeah. They're just so rude and, yeah. like, oblivious. Yeah, and one of them, she's a narc about marijuana is illegal, but yeah. apparently she accidentally got dosed with a blueberry muffin before she went to work. Yeah, yeah, so she was like, uh, she was so baked. She was like, yeah, now I'm going to go take a nap because I'm still a little baked. Yeah, um, so then we're back with uh, Barney and Ted with the lame girls. Um, they're in a taxi cab, and they get mugged, I guess, so then they're in... Which is like... I feel like there's some racist undertones yes. here when they find out where they're going and yes. he's like, the they're South like, oh, Bronx. This is the bad part of town. Yeah. And yeah, the South Bronx, we're going to get mugged and then they yeah. do get mugged. Yes. Um, although it reminded me, did you ever watch uh, Detroiters on Comedy Central? No. Um, there's a great joke because that's, uh, it's Tim, uh, what's his name from I Think You Should Leave? And then um, Sam. Robbins. Robinson? Yeah. And then Sam. Uh, Richardson. Yeah. So it's them. <laughs> Uh, and they're from Detroit and there's a part where like, there's some, uh, new companies moving into their building, you know? And it's like all these out of towners and they're like, uh, they're like, have you heard of this place? Is that a, this, we want to go here for brunch. Is that, is that a safe neighborhood? And they're like, oh, yes, it's a safe neighborhood. Detroit's not as bad as you've heard. And then they're like, oh good. Cause Google says it's only a 12 minute walk. You can't walk there. You're going to get murdered. Yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's a very funny joke. Um, so these creeps are um, hoping to get some thank God we're alive sex out of this equation until they find out these girls are from New Jersey and then they insult New Jersey and it turns out the cops are also from New Jersey. So the cops don't give them a ride either. So then they're stuck in this dangerous, dangerous neighborhood. Yeah. Um, I have so many thoughts on Ted's little like anti New Jersey speech. Cause it's like, He's not a native New Yorker like Lily, you know? He's also from somewhere else. He's right. from, right. He's so from he's Cleveland. Right, so he's not allowed to have, like, but also, I'm not a native Angelino, but I have a lot of Los Angeles pride. But I don't use my Los Angeles pride to behave like I'm better than people who live in Orange County or whatever the... Right. Whatever the... Is Orange County the equivalent of New Jersey? I don't think it is. I feel like maybe San Bernardino is the equivalent of of New Jersey to Los Angeles. I'm not sure. Anyway, uh, or even Ventura County where you grew up might be yeah. more Jersey ish. Anyway, I like, I'm, I'm really torn on like, I think it's okay for someone who's not from a place to take pride in the place where they live. Yeah. In some, in some cases you could argue that it's even a more hard earned pride because they like came to this place and made their life there. But why do but you also gain... you don't, yes, you don't have to do it by yeah. putting down other, other places. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, yeah, I'm not going to talk about capitalism and like, you know, you have to, in order to like be bigger and stronger, you have to push someone else down. Yeah. So we don't have to do that at all, period. Yeah, we can all follow these guidelines for harmonious living. And, yes, uh, yes, exactly. And West Orange GFHL. and the West Village can, GFHL. can uh, coexist. Um, so they don't have, thank God we're alive sex. Yeah. Uh, Ted goes on his rant. Um, Robin kind of makes out with her, um, alter ego, the vacation, she has a dream. yeah, <laughs> yeah. alter ego. 
Um, and then she gets her gun out of her <laughs> bedside table and scares off the hippies, scares off the hippies um, and screams like I'm Canadian. Cause they're like making fun of like gun toting Americans, which they should. Yeah. And she screams, I'm Canadian. But I like, I mean, that's, that is agree with it or not. That is who Robin is. And that yes. was like the, the argument that, Barney was making, this is not you. You are a bourbon drinking, steak eating, gun toting, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, uh, uh, again, doesn't sound like a person I would necessarily actually, I do think if Robin were a real person in the real world, I think we would get along. <laughs> um, yeah. but not necessarily politically, but, um, I guess that's a bit of, I, maybe I could save this for foreshadowing, but I've said before, like, Barney sees Robin for who she is and like actually cares about her. And this is like planting seeds for, for where this story is going. I took note of that because he was like, I mean, he was like, like creepishly excited by Robin making out with another Robin, but there was like another level of that. Yeah. Yeah. I remember when he like, um, like, wow, she is really pretty when she was not wearing makeup. He was like, Oh wow, you're gorgeous. Like he's, it's real with him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I think we, Oh, okay. So the very end we get like a, um, 2029 scene where Marshall is like in his study and we think we're, we're, it's safe to assume that Lily has passed and he's like finally opening her death, death letter. Yeah. Um, but it turns out, um, it just says busted and she like comes walking in like, so she's very much alive and it's like a long con. Do you think that's what Jason Siegel will look like seven years from now? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. 2029 is like in throwing Uh, distance. Cause I was trying to think like this, like this version, she didn't end up dying, but for a second we were led to believe she died in like her early fifties. That's sad. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, so uh, can I? Uh, I have a couple other stray observations Please, before I yes. move on. Um, I like that this episode, even though I don't, I'm not on Robin's side with the guns and all that stuff. I do like that this episode pointed out how annoying and awful hippies are. They're the worst. Um, <laughs> I know you. You have more uh, tendencies, more sympathy for the literal unwashed masses. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I find hippies to be annoying. Um, and I like, cause the, this episode with like hippie ver hippie Robin in her dream is like, like what about making time for laying on the beach and thinking about peace? Don't you care about thinking about peace? And I feel like, don't you care about thinking about peace is a pretty good takedown of the empty hippie philosophy. Right. But I've always told you like you could stand to be a little more granola because like, even when it comes down to like waste and leftovers, like you just like have zero interest in I recycle. Right. You're very wasteful. <laughs> I don't know. You don't care true. about plastic. You don't I care recycle. about waste. what are you talking about? All of your, okay. All right. Yeah. I'm just saying you could stand to be a little more granola. Okay. But you still want me to take a shower every day, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But if like, there are some days that I choose not to, I don't want you to judge me. <laughs> I don't judge you. Huh. Uh, Listeners, do you think David's judging me <laughs> for not wanting to take a shower every single day? Uh, last, this is a total digression, but I, it 
made me think of something I wanted to ask you. The opening scene mm-hmm. uh, before Gal comes, and they're talking about the death letters or uh-huh. whatever. And then Lily is gets up and is like, I'll get the next round. Now you, for a brief time, few months, you lived in London, mm-hmm. but you were there with mostly other Americans. I'm not sure. Did you? Because my understanding is when Brits go out to the pub as a group, they, it's not like it mostly when Americans go out to a bar, it's every man for themselves. Everyone has their own tab. You go order your own stuff. Brits, when they go out as a group, they take turns getting, getting the rounds. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. But I also like there's, if there's six people in a group, does that mean you're committing to drinking six rounds? <laughs> That's why it doesn't always work. And yeah. also like, when you get your first drink, you have to open up a tab at the bar. So there's probably like, I don't know, different payment things and then there's Venmo. So I feel like it gets complicated. But I, my uh, Listen, I hope we have some British listeners who can tell us, like, give us the ins and outs of how getting rounds works. Do you Venmo after or is it literally like I'm buying this round of drinks with the expectation that I will be getting free drinks in return down the line. And then some people come and go throughout the night. It's not like the same, like if they're okay, if there were like a group of four and we said, okay, we're going to like sit down at a bar together. Yes, that makes sense. First round's on me. Second round's on me. You know, like that would make sense. But if it's like a birthday hang or something and people are coming and going, like, I don't want to pay for every, you know, like I'm just in for one or what, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, so I want the Brits to tell us how do, this, do these situations work. Am I wrong that this is more common in England? That's my, that's my understanding is that just like getting around is more common yeah. in in not just England, but uh, the UK in general. Also, it's like there would be different like, oh, I want this. I want that. It's not just like a round of or like a round of pints. It's like I want a vodka soda with lime. I want, you know. Yeah tequila i want yeah. you know so there's like a bunch of different drink orders yeah should we move on to funniest moments yes what do you got um wait why did i write um <laughs> out of towners and their pants that's my mine yeah okay, is yeah. that uh ted is like getting annoyed with these like basic uh faux new yorkers yeah and marshall's or barney's like Hang in there. We're about to go from out of towners to in their pantsers. Yeah. So yeah, you took both of mine. Okay. You took the big words uh, scene and you took the out of towners to in their pantsers. Um, I also laughed at like, mm, that's kind of a lame bar. But <laughs> we already yeah. talked about yeah. that. <clears throat> but it also another argument in my favor. Favor these girls turn out to be lame. Yeah. So if they think McLaren's is a lame bar, maybe that actually means it's cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, may, but these dudes are lame too. Like are. just Ted because they're cool. like, yeah. Who do you think is the coolest of the, of, of the group? Um, the coolest. Yeah. I mean, I'm not a cool person. So I feel like Lily Marshall and Lily initially bonded over the fact that they both love violent femmes. That's yeah. pretty cool. And you just saw violent femmes. And then, yeah, two I days ago, cruel world. three days. And ago. they're not like lame. Like they like smoke pot and like party and like get drunk. And yeah, they're all cooler than the friends. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, should we move on to how I met your mother would make it fashion? Yeah. We talked about braids. Yeah. Um, I liked, because Barney's so often in a suit, I like his, like, small-town Missouri, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. plaid shirts and yeah. stuff. 
Um, and also I liked the first part of the episode because like in the flashbacks and the dreams, like Robin's like full on faux hippie. Mm-hmm. But even like in her life for most of the episode, she's wearing like flowy, like beach dresses mm-hmm. and stuff like that. When she finally like breaks off with Gael and she shows up at McLaren's in this like Argyle vest, Argyle like sweater vest. It's yeah. like the first time in the episode when Barney or Barney, when Robin is like fully herself again. Yeah. And I liked that. Yeah. Outfit. Yeah. Uh, running jokes, motifs, foreshadowing. What do you, what did you find? Um, I guess like the idea of like a long con that, um, that yeah. Lily is playing on Marshall. Oh, I thought you were talking about the, them pretending to be out of town. Uh, oh, well Ted, that too. Ted and Barney. Yeah. That too. That's yeah. just like a con. That's just like <laughs> tricking women into having sex with them. Right. And that's, yeah, I guess that's, that's what Barney does. <laughs> that's what Barney does. Um, well, uh, obviously, Robin and her guns is a Robin and is a her motif. guns. Yeah. Um, I also this is a bit of foreshadowing. Um, Ted and his strong feelings about New Jersey will eventually be put to the test. Hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, should we talk about similarities with friends? Yeah, I only have one. Well, there were there was a How I Met Your Mother reference to Seinfeld, and he's like, "Oh, it's like in that Steinfeld show." Yeah. <laughs> All right, because uh, um, Ted corrects the or is like trying to correct the uh, cab driver on yeah. which roads to take. Yeah. And he's like, he's been watching too many Steinfeld episodes. <laughs> too many Steinfeld reruns. Yeah. <laughs> and then similarities with Friends. Um, Letter writing slash correspondence. I have written correspondence. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. They they both f- feature handwritten correspondence. Also, uh, taxi cabs. Ross that's has two one. taxi cabs waiting downstairs. Zero people. Yeah. Zero people. Whereas this has one taxi cab with four people plus driver. Yeah. Uh, well, let's move on to playing favorites. Okay. Three, two, one, friends. friends. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a classic. That's two Home friends run. in a row. Two weeks in a row. Home friends has, has won. Yeah. Um, I know there's some good How I Met Your Mother on the horizon, so um, I'm not confident that How I Met Your Mother is down for the count. Right. But uh, yeah, this is, uh, Friends has definitely started off season three way stronger than How I Met Your Mother has. Uh, I think, no disrespect to Enrique Iglesias, but I think once Gael is out of the picture, maybe season three will, will get going. All right. You know, I like Enrique Iglesias. I just don't like the character very much. Uh, Well, let's move on to my favorite segment to introduce. Oh, oh, what? I totally forgot in the funniest moment. When you were talking about Gael, when Gael is like regaling all the women with his stories of heroism, he's talking about Brother Shark. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he has this like. His story is you. You think it's going to like where I communed with the brother shark yeah. and, and kept him, but no, he still got bitten. Went to the yeah. hospital. Yeah. <laughs> All right. The pot, the the segment. How were we doing? Is where we look at what was going on in the world in the days these episodes aired. So, Friends season three, episode two, the one where no one's ready, aired on Thursday, September twenty sixth, nineteen ninety six, and um, not a lot happened in the world as far as this website is concerned on that day there was uh one of the many missions of uh the space shuttle atlantis uh was completed okay i don't really have any thoughts on space shuttles um 
YouTube star I've never heard of was born on that day. So let's move on to top five songs in the U.S., which is what we really care about. Okay. <clears throat> and I don't think there's much different than last week. At number five, Quad City DJ's Come On, Ride It, The Train. Come on, ride the train. Woo-hoo-hoo. Ride it. Uh, number four, Keith Sweat, Twisted. At number three, Celine Dion, it's all coming back to me now. Oh, do you think the listeners can hear the horn? I hope so. Um, yeah, that's we've changed neighborhoods, but that's, uh, I think, in Los Angeles. San Fernando Valley Constant is, yeah. like, the guy. What do you think? Is he a Frutera, or what's he uh, selling um, the, uh, Elato? No, the um, Chicharrones. Oh, okay. Um uh, so that's uh, number two, Donna Lewis. I love you always, forever, near and far. We'll stick together. And remaining at number one, Los Del Rio, Macarena. Mm-hmm. Which I learned is the, it's, and this says it, Macarena Bayside Boys mix. Yeah. The version of the Macarena that was the huge hit is, is a remix. It's not yeah. the original. Yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that. Season three, episode two of How I Met Your Mother. We're not from here. Aired on Monday, October first, two thousand and seven. Now, uh, <clears throat> President of Russia Vladimir Putin announces he will run on centrist list, the centrist list, in the parliamentary elections in December, and that he does not exclude the option of becoming Prime Minister of Russia after the election. So this was this is a precursor to the four year period when Vladimir Putin was technically not the president of Russia. He was the prime minister. Dmitry Medvedev was the president, but really, yeah. really Putin's been in charge since yeah. 2000, but from 2008 to 2012, he was prime minister. And then in 2012, he became president and remains as ever, uh, a murdering boo to Vladdy Poots. Monster, monster. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see what was on the top five songs in the U S that day. Okay. Number five, Jay Holiday, Bed. Nope. Okay. Number four, Fergie, Big Girls Don't Cry. Nope. Okay. And number three, Timbaland, The Way I Are. Nope. All right. Number two, Kanye West, Stronger. Okay. It's the Daft Punk one. And at number one, uh, Crank That Soldier Boy by Soldier Boy Talem. Right. Which I think I was, we talked a little bit about Soldier Boy last <laughs> week and how I am a fan, but I was not a fan at the time I think here's the thing about me I think I have pretty good taste in music and I try to stay on top of music when it comes to hip hop I am always behind the curve when I hear something like new in hip hop my first reaction is always like mm, I don't like this direction and then I catch up to it, it takes me yeah. and that's been true my entire life that I have not been someone who can immediately key in to what's going on in the hip hop world I have to like stick my toes in and like wade into yeah. in, into each each direction you know i still haven't i mean it's been years now but like emo rap like little uzi little uzi vert like i don't i don't like it i'm sure i'm wrong but i can't grab my head around it but i'm sure in five ten years i'll be i'll be bumping it yeah anyway final segment is called challenge accepted and this is where we try and predict what's going to happen on the next episodes based on their titles first we have to look at how we did yeah um, I think we both did pretty well for ourselves. Yeah, this, I think you have a better memory. I always have to look up how we did. Um, but, uh, yeah, we both nailed it. Yeah. 
Yeah. I said the gang is lollygagging while Ross becomes ever more apoplectic. Yep. I got even more on the nose than I could have thought. Yeah. Uh, you said Barney and Ted hop on and hop off the tourist bus as a ploy to pick up unsuspecting NYC hotties. So that's... Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're tied. Yeah. Um, tied at one apiece on the season because we were both wrong last week. Yeah. So uh, I know you don't have the fearless flyer. I don't know if we packed it, if you need to get a new one, but uh, well, can we you... we need a summer or like a spring edition, but... Can you vamp? Trader Joe's sparkling white tea with pomegranate juice beverage. Uh, pleasantly pomegranate-y. Okay, Friends, Season sweet. 3, this Episode part? 3. Friends, Season 3, Episode 3 is called The One with the Jam. The One... With the jam. I'm going to say it's referring to like preserves or whatever, not a jam band, right? The one with the jam. Or the band, the jam. <laughs> well, it's, it's a lowercase T, so I don't, I don't, maybe you're right. Maybe Paul Weller actually shows up in this episode. <laughs> it wouldn't be that far removed from having Chrissy Hind on, on an episode. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to say, I'm going to say Monica uh, ropes the gang into making homemade jam with her. And let's just say <laughs> things get a little bit sticky good one (laughs) okay so that is my prediction for season three episode three of friends okay season three episode three of how i met your mother is called third wheel okay so i have to find out who the third wheel is um I'm going to say that uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) um, I think Barney's the third wheel. Okay. And I think that's obvious because he's always like the fifth wheel. Yeah. But he's either going to be with um, Marshall and Lily or Ted and even though Ted and Robin aren't together anymore they're still like okay close friends so Barney is going to they're going to do it's going to be a field trip and Barney's going to be the third wheel so Ted and Robin take a totes platonic field trip I didn't commit to Ted and Robin. Oh, I thought you did. No, either Marshall and Lily or Ted and Robin. Oh, okay. Take a field trip. And Barney is the third wheel. Ted and Robin. Well, then I, okay, that messes up my platonic thing. Do I have to decide? Um, yes. Okay, platonic. Okay, Okay. we'll stick with Ted and Robin. Okay, so Ted and Robin take a toast platonic field trip, and yet... That meddling 
Barney still manages to be a third wheel. And possibly igniting a little more chemistry. (laughs) Okay. But then maybe that's just what they need. Wink. Wink. Heart. Heart eyes. Emoji. (laughs) I don't think you can do emojis in the notes app. Oh, okay. Can you? I don't think you can. I don't know. I'm sure he can. What? I'm sure you can somehow. Okay, maybe you can. I'm just an old man who doesn't know how to check my voicemail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is fun. We did it. We did it. We talked about season three, episode two of Both Friends and How I Met Your Mother. You can find uh, this episode wherever you found it, but make sure to subscribe, review, rate, like, whatever. Um, you can find posts for every episode at battleshipretention.com and you can leave comments there. I always, We always love to hear comments there. You can also... Uh, Email us at the one where I met your mother at gmail.com or follow me on Twitter and comment on Twitter, which seems to be the most like popular way for people to comment on the show is to at me at Davey pretension. But we'd still prefer if you just emailed us or left a comment at battleshippretension.com because I don't always remember to show Natalie the things you (laughs) tweet me. I try to remember, but I don't always remember, but that's, uh, at Davey pretension. Now, uh, Forgive me, Natalie, I've forgotten. Where do you want people to find you on the internet? Um, I don't, as you know. Um, But you should, if you like this episode, you should tell your friends, tell your mothers. Um, You should rate it. Give us five stars if you like it. Anything less, let us know why. (laughs) Let (laughs) us know about the neckline of a halter top used by Meg Ryan in... In the cut. In the cut. Um, Let us know if you want something mansplained by Davey. Um, but yeah you should like and subscribe and share this Uh, until next time see you in East Westerton Missouri (laughs) 